0: all right everybody hello 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the mma frequency with joseph dolan we're coming to you on march 28th 2022 and uh it looks like celebrity fights are big in the news but we're going to start it off with some sanctioned fights first so uh a saturday one had their 1X event celebrating the 10th anniversary of the company. Uh, if you haven't heard of One Championship, they are a uh, MMA cross-promotional agency, so they do mixed martial arts, they do kickboxing, they do Muay Thai, they do uh, submission grappling, lots of stuff. If you love combat sports, they put on a good show. Uh, uh, did run in Singapore time, so if you wanted to watch it, you'd have to be up at 1 in the morning in America, but other than that, great, great card. Uh, they had a few submission grappling matches. They had uh, Danielle Kelly and uh, May Yamaguchi. Uh, did a won uh, 12-minute round. Uh, the submission grappling fights go to a draw after tw- 12 minutes. There's no uh, judging, so Kelly wasn't able to get her get her out of there. But there was a lot of Very interesting last-second heel hooking in that match. Renier DeRidore, who is uh, one of their champions, I believe he is their light heavyweight champion. Uh, He also competed against Andre Galvao in a submission grappling match. That one also went to a draw. There were a couple of uh, other uh, title fights. They had a... uh, kickboxing tournament final on the card, they had a uh, kickboxing championship fight, they had a bantamweight uh, Muay Thai championship fight, but uh, the main card is uh, what really interested me, so uh, Shinya Aoki and Yojiro Akiyama, two, yes, it was called a Japanese MMA legend fight, you know, not wrong, <laughs> they are legends of Japanese MMA, and Akiyama one for the TKO the in the uh, second round Still great Still ripped uh, Still the man And then Adriano Moraes Who is their current flyweight champion Fought Yu uh, Yu Wakamatsu And that was oh, Adriano Moraes is so good Adriano, Adriano Moraes is so So good like, He could go to the UFC And he could be This kid could be a problem For sure uh, Offensively sound Defensively sound He's competent on the feet Competent on the ground and uh yeah, he's just beaten this kid up for two straight rounds and then you eventually shot in on a uh double leg and Mariah caught him up and just got him in the guillotine choke, kinda tossed him around for a couple of seconds before really locking it in and he had to tap. Uh looked like an easy night in the office for him. Uh of course Adriana Mariah's last fight, the main event, the final of the uh one FC Flyweight Championship Grand Prix. Uh, he fought Demetrius Johnson, who is uh, the greatest fighter of all time. I wouldn't go so far as to say that. But uh, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, if you haven't heard, uh, one of the greatest flyweights in, definitely the greatest flyweight in UFC history. Uh, probably the greatest flyweight outside of the UFC. Uh, and, you know, pound for pound, if you remove the weight class difference, pure skill—he's got to, this guy's got to be in the top five for most talented fighters of all time. Uh, the streak he went on—he was absolutely insane. But Adriano Moraes did knock him clean out. So uh, instead of booking an immediate rematch, uh, this is what I love about one—they're—they're they're, they're not exactly fight circus. They're not exactly doing uh, you know two flyweights against one heavyweight in a uh, main event and a handicap match but uh, one decided to book a sp- special rules match between uh, Mighty Mouse and Rod Tang. Rod Tang, uh, if you haven't heard of him, he is one of one's star fighters. She's their fly- Muay Thai champion. But uh, more than that, at the age of just 24, uh, Rod Tang is a Muay Thai legend. Legend. Uh, Tang is 267 to 42 in Muay Thai. Uh, he started fighting, I, I mean, uh, as a teenager, basically. Uh, the guy is ridiculous. He's got a chin made of granite. Uh, one of the more entertaining outs, uh, Any anywhere you can watch, uh, if you watch Tang fight anywhere, anytime, you will be entertained. Let me tell you that. But... So, one booked a special rules bout where it would be a four-round fight. The first round, Muay Thai. Second round, MMA. Third round, Muay Thai. Fourth round, MMA, which is really, really interesting. Uh, The first round, uh, incredible. They were trading back and forth. Uh, Mighty Mouse, obviously, that's not his territory. It's Rod Tang's, but he kept him in the clinch gave him crazy good shots uh took it as well as he got uh just a crazy little 3 minute round and then uh in the in the MMA round uh Mighty Mouse just completely took over the show uh they did a little uh range kickboxing for a little bit they kind of he kind of paced around on the outside and then as soon as he took the opportunity he got on Rod Tank's back and about a minute later uh slipped in a rear naked choke and choked him out. Uh, Incredibly entertaining fight, but this of course uh, speaks to what anybody with a brain uh, knows about uh, combat sports crossovers, which is that uh, they're not that interesting. Combat sports crossovers are not that interesting. The whole point of mixed martial arts is that it mixes the martial arts uh, so that you're not gonna be a specialist in any one area. So, you know, a fighter, trying to box a boxer, it's not going to go well. But, say, a boxer trying to fight in the octagon, well, they don't know how to do jujitsu, They don't know how to do wrestling. They don't know how to do any of that. Same goes for an MMA fighter trying to fight a Muay Thai fight. But uh, I'll give it up for Rotang. He was <laughs> very brave, but uh, I can't imagine the guy who actually did much jiu-jitsu training uh, before... Uh, in between the time the uh, fight was booked and the time of the fight, I can't. I, I can't imagine. You know, he was, he was, he was <laughs> really working on rear naked choke defenses. But uh, yeah, if you put somebody in there who doesn't have any grappling experience or somebody who's one of the best grapplers in the world, they're going to get choked out. That's just, it just it is what it is. Uh, and then their main event. There's one more fight in the card. It was Angela Lee versus Stamp Fairtex. And uh, this is in the Atomweight division, which the UFC does not have a women's Atomweight division. Uh, weight is contested at 105 pounds. Uh, it would be really interesting if the UFC could add something like that in the future. Or to see if, like, Angela Lee, if they were interested in her, if she could make it up to Uh I don't know. But uh, Angela Lee, uh, she's incredible. She's ridiculously dominant. Uh she got that girl down in the uh second round and just basically didn't let her up for the whole time uh was torturing her with triangles torturing her with uh dragging her back to the ground after she tried to stand up and uh eventually got the rear naked choke in the last 10 seconds of the round wild so yeah and i mean i really only covered about uh four or five fights on this card. uh if you're interested uh definitely go check out the pay-per-view on their website uh it was like 20 fights long, and uh, most of the stuff I watched was really, really good. So that's, uh, that's one championship for now. On to our real actual banner story for this week, because uh, look at me. What a clown I am. What an idiot. What a fool. I turned off my recording last week, and what do you know? Uh, <laughs> Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal got into a fight. A real fight, a uh, alleged attack, as the uh, news tends to put it. Uh, on Monday night, last Monday, uh, they were both at a uh, some Miami Beach restaurant, and Colby was eating, and it turns out that the Jorge Masvidal was in the same restaurant. And uh, apparently, the uh, current story is that uh, Jorge wanted to get back at Colby for talking – Badly about his family and his children, and they'll lead him to the fight. So Jorge sucker punched him like three times. Jorge ran up on him, and they got into a fist fight. Uh, the uh, guys got separated, but oh, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Personally, uh, I'm not really that big of a fan of Jorge Moss at all. I kind of think that uh, if there's real life beef like that, you'd leave it in the octagon. He lost the fight. Uh, he shouldn't be taking it out on Colby in the real world like that. Uh, it's a little ridiculous. But what happened next was even more ridiculous because these two former best friends, Colby, uh, pressed charges. He pressed charges on Masvidal and the Miami Miami Beach police arrested him. He was taken to jail. Uh, Masvidal made bail, of course, but their court date set up. Uh, these two guys are going to See each other in the courtroom. Uh, Colby wants to send Jorge away, <laughs> which I mean, he's within his rights, he's within his rights. all well attacked him, but just a, it's still a, a absolutely insane story. And I mean, there's this video of Colby standing around outside the restaurant, like palling around with the cops. I mean. He's basically kinda got Jorge exactly where he wants him. Uh <laughs> was posting videos on Twitter, uh talking about him. It was <laughs> oh I love I love this sport, everybody. I just want you all to know that. Uh this is the greatest sport in the world. Uh there's nothing better. But this is right now a developing story. As far as we know right now, uh is out of jail. Their uh next uh court date is in April and also both of these guys are uh, Kamara Usman's son. So, all right, one of the uh next big stories of the week in terms of fighter misbehavior, everybody's favorite uh I don't know if they're favorite anymore. He used to be one of my favorite fighters. Uh good fighter uh not so good man Connor McGregor was arrested on dangerous driving charges last week as well just a day or two after the uh Motherall Covington brawl so all of Dana White's uh, top guys uh, getting sent to jail uh Connor didn't get arrested but his car was seized uh it wasn't a DUI but <laughs> he was <laughs> charged with dangerous driving which uh in Ireland comes with uh penalties and a possible six months in prison. So oof. Connor, I mean, I don't know. Ever since Dustin broke his leg, he's uh kind of been completely and utterly insane. Uh the last year pun- the 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 punished McGregor arc has been really, really interesting. Uh he is completely and utterly lost in mind. And we all love to see it. I mean uh Next time he fights, uh hope you learn to check some leg kicks. Uh another big story for the week. Uh so KSW, one of uh say uh, Eastern European uh MMA company, uh right now, uh one of their uh champions is Roberto Soldik He is oh, my bad. KSW is a Polish, specifically a Polish MMA company. But uh, right now, one of their big champions, Roberto Soldek, is really starting to make waves. Uh, he was their longtime middleweight champ and uh, just became champ champ a couple months ago. So now he's their middleweight and their welterweight champion. And his contract is coming up. So the UFC started to poke their toe in the water. Ariel Hawani reported that after uh, the UFC event in London, Soldek met with the UFC team. They met with Hunter Campbell, uh, all the legal people, and apparently through a Polish gossip site, we actually have details about uh, what exactly was offered to him. So KSW offered him uh, $275,000 a fight and for four fights and uh, a uh, title shot at the uh, light heavyweight title. In a KSW, and UFC came in with a minimum of uh, one hundred and ten thousand dollars per fight, and a guaranteed welterweight title shot, uh, after three wins, so. They're both kind, of, kind of, kind of pulling on his arm. Uh, obviously, uh, I think the UFC's business practices are pretty scummy. Uh, if I was Dick like, obviously, I would just take the deal that. There the KSW deal that offers more money instead of being vi- victim to the whims of uh, Dana White and the rest of the UFC brass. But uh, basically most fighters, uh, it's kind of a WWE uh, pro wrestling situation. They kind of get stars in their eyes and obviously they want to go over to the UFC because it's the biggest company uh, in the world for MMA. But if I was Soldic, I would just chill right now. Uh, If you get that third belt, if you're a champ, 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 and you still made, you know, a million uh, euros from four fights, then maybe look at UFC again after you've really made your money, money, really comfortable with your life. Then consider moving over. Uh, Some Bellator news as well Uh, Sergio Pettis towards ACL. It's very unfortunate. So uh, Bellator was setting up a bantamweight uh, Grand Prix now that he became world champ. Uh, they had a lot of interesting names in the division. But uh, instead, he's it's going to uh, be for a... Uh, instead of a uh, Bellator-style Grand Prix, where the belt is in contention uh, during the uh, events of the tournament, uh, instead it's going to be an interim title belt Grand Prix. And uh, after it's over, Pettis is going to come back and they're going to fight Pettis to unify the belts. Another uh, interesting... Uh, Bellator news. Uh, Gegard Mousasi is fighting Johnny Evelyn next for the Bellator middleweight title. Uh, cool, cool. Johnny Evelyn seven and zero in Bellator. Uh, he beat John Salter, who was the guy that Mousasi walked through two fights ago. And I mean, he's got a he's got a good record. He's undefeated. He looks good. But uh, Austin Vanderford looked good too. Uh the laundry list of other guys Gayguard fought have also looked good. Uh, they're just feeding these regional, <laughs> regional MMA quality uh, contenders to Gagar Musasi, and one of the top five middleweights in the world, he's just walking through them in a round and a half, so you know, uh, if you've got DraftKings, maybe uh, pencil that pencil that bet in right now because I can't see any way Gagarin Mousasi loses to any of these Bellator guys, unless maybe she loses an arm or something. Uh, UFC matchmaking news. Uh, right now, UFC has officially decided on Davison and Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno 4 for the flyweight belt, potentially this summer in July. I'm not too upset about that. was uh, pretty obvious this is what they are going to go for, especially after uh, Figueiredo openly called for a fourth fight in the middle of the octagon. It's a little hard to put the genie back into that bottle. But, uh, uh yeah, I mean, I guess I'm fine with it. Uh, yeah, listen, man, if Figgy just hadn't kicked him directly in the nuts, if Figgy hadn't winded up and kicked Moreno right in the balls in their first fight and gotten that point deducted, we wouldn't be dealing with any of this. The belt was held up for... All of 2021 probably going to be held up for six months of this year, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we had a time machine and we could go back in time and just say, Davison, don't do it. Don't kick him in the balls. Uh, it'd be like a butterfly effect. All of these fights would just fade out of existence. And, you know, Figgy would probably have defended his belt like six times by now. Uh, other than that... There's nothing too interesting in the news. And 1X was this weekend, but uh, seeing as there's no immediate uh, cards coming up this weekend, uh, there's Cage Warriors, MMA, the PFL Challenger series. Uh, yeah, not that compelling. So uh, I, I front-loaded the show with 1X, but I saved the UFC card. For uh, wrapping up. So last weekend we had Blades versus Docus, which I previewed on the last show. And uh, my predictions were decently correct. Let's uh, run down the card. In terms of just what I saw, uh, Matthias Nicolau is, for one, very stupid, and two, defeated David Doric in a unanimous decision. Uh, he's converting half of his fight uh, purse to Bitcoin, uh and presumably half of his win bonus. So good luck with that buddy. Uh one day I'm sure he'll be a billionaire. Uh Menon Firop defeated Jennifer my uh Firo, Yeah, no, she's a contender. She is legit. She's probably gonna get a shot at a uh, Valentina Shevchenko. And uh well once again it's kind of a dominant Kind of just that situation, that uh, rhythm you get into with an incredibly dominant champ that, you know, a contender shows up and everybody goes, oh, there's no way that this person's going to beat the champ. But it's still nice to get new blood at the top of women's flyweight because, oof, uh, right now that division is really, really, really stagnating as, uh, you know, (laughs) you line up one person for uh, Shevchenko to fight. She knocks him down. You line up another one. She knocks him down. Line up another one. You know what I mean? Just uh, every single contender, she just wipes out. Chris Guterres, uh, undercard assassin. I've always been a fan of this guy, but uh, he fought Dana Batgarel and uh, Baccarel was really giving it to him, and I didn't really have like a sense of uh, how good Chris Guterres was, so I was a little concerned. I thought Guterres was just going to melt under pressure, and all of a sudden, Guterres cleaned Baccarel's clock with say, a spinning back fist. Uh, absolutely destroyed him, uh, followed up with a couple of elbows right in the middle of the second round, uh, and took away the TKO. Uh, that was a great, great, great fight, and uh, Gutierrez is probably going to get a little tougher out in this next one. Uh, main card, Neil Magny defeated Max Griffin, and this one really, really, really broke my heart. I'm not sure if I previewed this one, but uh, I, I'm a big Max Griffin fan. I'm a big fan of the guy. Uh I mean, it's n- not really anything based off his actual technical abilities. I think he's just gritty. I think he's got heart. And uh he went on a crazy run that uh is a good run. but to be honest, probably not a uh, run uh befitting of fighting the number nine contender. I was a little confused about that, but uh, he put up a way better performance than I expected against Neil Magney. He knocked him down and the uh, first round, which I had me jumping out of my seat, uh thought he was gonna finish the fight. But uh is just too good. Unfortunately my original assessment kinda held up. But Max did way better than I possibly could have imagined. And I'm super super jacked for him, I'm super stoked for him. Hopefully he gets like another uh another beatable person for him. But he really looks also that like technically he's kinda got the power together. He's kinda really like looking like a fighter instead of a guy who goes out there and fights, which is a big difference. He looks way more composed. But, uh, yeah, Magny got on top of him and just outgrappled him in the third round, basically doomed him, unfortunately. Uh, it was a close fight, though, split decision. Hopefully uh, Griffin gets out there in his next out and wins. Uh, Mag- Neil Magny also called out Hamzat Chumaev. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, right, buddy. Uh, UFC wants Hamza Chimaev fighting for the belt. Not, 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 some, not some measly uh, guy, guy in the top ten. Uh, Chemaev is leapfrogging you by uh, five spots if he beats Gilbert Burns, my friend. You don't have a chance. Uh, next fight was Kaikara France and Askar Askarov. Another one that I uh, actually totally predicted wrong. Uh, I thought Askarov was going to take it. But Kaikara France kinda dismantled his game. Uh Askarov was taking it to him in the red with the wrestling in the first round. And not to say that they weren't he wasn't striking incredibly well. They were each guy was given as good as they were getting, but Kaikara France kind of shut him down. Uh some really good striking in the second round kind of just set the pace for the rest of the fight. And Askar kept trying to go back to the wrestling, but Kaikara France completely neutralized it. Uh didn't let him get any more shots in, really. Uh, takedown defense was like, pretty impeccable, second round going forward. So, uh, kind of disappointing. Uh, somebody expected that Asgaroff was going to win. But Kaikar France is really, really game. And now that we know about that uh, figueiredo Moreno 4 fight, we also have a number one contender for after that fight ends. Whoever wins the belt, whoever wins that fight is uh, defending the belt against Kaikar France. There will not be a fifth Moreno Figueroa fight. Uh Brian Barbareno beat Matt Brown. This was a ridiculous war. Uh <laughs> Matt Brown still game with it at uh I don't know, like four hundred years old. Uh you know, the guy those two guys just punched each other in the head a lot and uh eventually Barbarena did take this split decision. Uh crazy, crazy, crazy fight. Uh and then uh, Alexa Grasso choked out Joanne Wood real quick in the uh, first round. Easy peasy out of the office for her. And then the main event. So uh, Curtis Blades. I, that's another one. Uh, I predicted this fight correctly, but I was kind of, uh, you know, poo-pooing on Curtis Blades a little bit. But he looked really, really, really good this weekend. Uh, he never shot for a takedown once. But uh, he stayed in Thakus' face. He was uh, pursuing him around the ring, cutting him off, using leg kicks. He looked like a, like a relatively sophisticated striker. And, you know, he fought that way against uh, Derek Lewis in the first round of their fight. So I was like, oh, okay. Maybe Blades is just trying trying, trying to adapt his skill set a little bit, you know. He wants to soften them up, make them sink. Lots of questions in the first round with the striking. And then, as the fight goes on, you know, who makes in the wrestling, makes in the takedowns, level changes, and stuff like that. And then the second round starts, and Curtis Blades just bum-rushes Chris Dawkins and knocks him out in 20 seconds. Uh, crazy, crazy, crazy fight. Curtis Blades is a striker now, I guess. Uh, very, very interesting. He didn't exactly call out Stipe after the fight. He very respectfully told him that he would beat him. But Curtis Blades is... Now that as long as ngani is out, which uh, is going he's going to be out for the whole year after the uh, ACL surgery. Uh, Blade has got a interim title shot with his name written on it. Whoever the UFC decides to throw in there, whether it's uh Gone or Stipe or John Jones, uh, who knows at this point what Dana White's thinking with the heavyweight division. Who <laughs> who knows what he's thinking at this point with the heavyweight division? But uh, Curtis Blades, yeah, has really. Set himself up to ascend, ascend from his gatekeeper status, and actually uh, be a real title contender at the top of the division. We'll see if that actually. Uh, we'll see if he can keep that going. But uh, that was UFC for that week this weekend. That was uh, one championship for that weekend, and all the news in between. UFC uh, two seventy three. April 9th, that's not this weekend, so uh, next week we'll preview that card and try and figure out something to talk about. Uh, I'll come up with something interesting for you guys, don't worry, Uncle Joey will take care of you. Uh, Other than that, this has been the MMA Frequency, Bye bye